This is an RNZ podcast. Right now, it's not a great time to be putting on a significant annual event. Lockdown level two rules mean it's feasible, but it seems a fair bet that the organisers of the Auckland Festival of Photography would have wished that they'd chosen a time a lot later in the year to hold it, or a lot earlier. It kicked off late last month and it runs through till next weekend in several galleries and venues around Auckland. And because of the current COVID restrictions, they've also set up a YouTube channel and a pop-up TV channel on Freeview, Channel 200, so that everything that's presented in public during the festival can also be on-air or online for those who can't make it in person. Prime Minister Jacinda Ardern praised that ingenuity when she launched the festival recently and she said she was pleased that public funding from Creative New Zealand had helped to make it all possible. But when it comes to documentary photography, it's been the media and publishers who've paid the wages of the professionals over the years. And as Hayden Donnell now reports, the crisis for those companies is now threatening their future and the future for the photos that capture our history. The cover feature from the latest NZ Geographic is illustrated by a striking photo essay. In one shot, two women sit on picnic chairs a few metres apart drinking wine. A little further down, there's an image of a man playing a chip shot on a makeshift golf green mowed into a suburban berm. Another captures a woman sunbathing on her deck as a couple walks by below. The images were all taken by the experienced freelance photographer Brett Phibbs during New Zealand's Alert Level 4 lockdown. They show the eccentricities and limitations of lockdown life. Together they paint a picture of the humanity that existed beneath the scary headlines during the COVID-19 crisis. But it's lucky they were published at all. Our major newsrooms have been cutting photography staff numbers and budgets for years. It's not a new story. But the single biggest blow to the discipline came when Bauer Media shut its doors on April 1. In the space of one all-staff Zoom call, nearly every magazine that might have carried Fib's lockdown photo essay was closed. The Listener, North and South and Metro were all unceremoniously dumped, leaving NZ Geographic as the only current affairs magazine in the country. Its editor, Rebecca White, has spoken about how much of a blow that's been to journalism. But she's just as concerned that without those magazines, there'll be few places left carrying documentary photography, which focuses on the everyday parts of New Zealand life. With the closure of um, North and South and, and the listener and Metro, it means that New Zealand Geographic is the, um, as far as I know, the only outlet in New Zealand now commissioning documentary photography, which is where you have um, more than one picture to, to go with a story. And photography, to me, is such an important record of um the way we live, and documentary photography in particular, because news photography is generally pictures of dramatic events or sort of famous things, whereas documentary photography is, it shows normal people in their normal lives, and it's, it's beautiful, and it lends a, um, a dignity to those lives, it, it preserves them, it shows, um, it shows normality, and I honestly get worried about what we're going to have to look back on in 50 years and 100 years when we want to see how we lived. And we want to see it in a, in a, in a beautiful, by, by professionals who dedicated themselves to portraying that. Brett Phibbs shares Rebecca White's concerns. He says there should have been many other professionals working on projects like the photo essay he did for her at NZ Geographic. He's worried that as outlets for photography disappear, we're losing our ability to tell our story to future generations. You know, photographers are not, 
you know, their, their bread and butter thing is to create work that is going to be published and you get paid for it. You know, you know that as a, as a photojournalist and as a freelance photographer. And if there's no avenue to do that, well, then you're not going to go out and do it, are you? So, you know, that's a concern, you know, like um, in years to come when, you know, your grandchildren and their grandchildren are trying to look back on how we lived and documented our lives, you know, it's not going to be there. Yeah, it does concern me because, uh, you know, coming from a, a newspaper background, you know, that's that's what we did day in, day out. We we documented, you know, New Zealand's social history in a, in a way, you know, people kind of living their daily lives. And I think that's what's going to be going to be forgotten, you know, in, in years to come because there's fewer, fewer and far between of that happening, at, you know, in this day and age, you know, because we haven't got, you know, the photographers that are that are doing it and the publications that are publishing it. There's no kind of avenue to, to um, display your wear anymore apart from NZ Geographic. These concerns may seem a bit anachronistic in a smartphone age where nearly everyone has a high-quality camera in their pocket. The freelance photographer Adrian Malik says the ubiquity of camera technology hasn't necessarily improved the general quality of photography and professionals are still needed to tell stories properly. Once you know, iPhones and uh, camera phones became and digital cameras uh, sorted out all the in-focus sharpness uh, exposure issues, it was as if everyone could take photos and who needed photographers. But in reality, the, the camera doesn't take the photographs, the photographer does. You know, going into a story, asking yourself the question, what is happening here? What matters here? What do I care about? What does, what will my audience care about? What does the people, what do the people in this photograph care about what what matters to them why am i actually doing this photography and by answering those questions by exploring and noticing and taking the time to walk in people's shoes for a, a while is what makes effective news photography about 70% of malik's work came from bauer publications he's now having to place more focus on commercial work to get by and says that kind of directed, commercially driven photography could come to dominate the sector. Undirected photography is, is, is the point. There's so much photography of people now, but it's all curated by advertising agencies, publicists, marketing people, um, and whatever, whatever it is they want to tell us is, is there everywhere for us to see. But, you know, who are we as, as a people and, and what do we care about? Um, what matters to us? Uh, is where documentary photography is able to do that uh, when it wasn't done properly, when it's done well. Brett Phibbs, Rebecca White and Adrian Malik don't know the solution to the funding crisis facing photography or the wider media, but they all agree the government could offer more support. Brett Phibbs says that needs to change. I think, uh, you know, documentary photography, um, social documentation in New Zealand's history is really important. You know, you don't just have to be an artist as a photographer. You know, what is art, to be honest? You know, it's all subjective. And I think the art of living is, is, is it's, worth a, it's worth a grant. It's worth to be supported, you know, and, and to be kept. You know, a documentary photographer deserves to probably get funded in a way from um, um, Creative New Zealand, to be honest. And I find it astounding that they don't. You know, it's, it's part of our fabric and, and the lives that we live. You know, doesn't that make... I think that makes it important, to be honest. For now, though, Brett Phibbs hopes publications will see the danger facing photography and place a higher priority on it in their budgets.
Though he knows media companies are under pressure, he argues there are few things more important to the historical record than a good picture. You know, I've always, I've always kind of believed that you, you know, when a publication, you kind of enter the publication and the story via the photograph. You know, you're taken in by a stunning photograph, a, a well-learned shot. You know, composition, lighting, and you know, it's not just pushing the button like a, an iPhone. You know and put a filter through it, you have to, it's a well-learned shot, and that's where I think the, the art of photojournalism lies, you know, it's, um, you're, you're kind of news gatherers and photojournalists, you know, journalists in, in your own right, you know, and I think um, we're kind of missing that, we're missing the point. Former New Zealand Herald photographer Brett Fibbs talking to Hayden Donnell. Now, Brett's images of Auckland under lockdown can be seen in the current edition of New Zealand Geographic, published the day after New Zealand emerged from lockdown level four. This week, Creative New Zealand also told us that documentary photographers are eligible to apply for Creative New Zealand support, and it said it has supported specific documentary photography projects in the past. But to be eligible, proposed documentary photography projects or activities, they say, must directly benefit New Zealand arts, artists or practitioners. Now you can hear more from other New Zealand documentary photographers about the future of their craft in the digital version of Hayden's story that's on the RNZ website or the Media Watch section of the RNZ app. Just look for the title, The End of History. The work of more than 150 other New Zealand photographers can be seen now at the Auckland Festival of Photography, which runs through till June the 15th at various venues around Auckland City and is also online and on Freeview TV each day. Hour-long episodes screen at 8pm every day on Channel 200 from Monday to Saturday and they're repeated at 3pm the following day. And there's more details of that and even an app to download at the website photographyfestival.org.nz.